0: Christy, of course, it's it's so great to have you here today. I understand that we're gonna be talking a little bit about whether or not um, FICO credit scores should be considered when people are applying for home loans. So I'm hoping that perhaps you could tell us a little bit about your background and then we can talk a little bit about how we got here and um, maybe some information provide our, our readers with some information about what the study says and what you think that means, not only for um, capturing the sentiment of Americans, but what can be done um, to make sure that people's um, overall finances are more accurately represented when they are looking for home loans.
1: Great, great. Thank you so much for inviting me to participate. Um, you know, a little bit about myself. Um, I am a 30-year-plus veteran in the mortgage industry, so have been passionate about this industry for a long time. Most recently was with Fannie Mae prior to joining Forum 3. Currently, I am the chief customer officer here at Forum Free of FinTech, which is, um, I mean, we're really committed to democratizing lending through empowering the consumers with their own data. And, you know, prior to Fannie Mae, I was working with companies like GE, Wachovia, all in the mortgage space. And for for all of these years, Um, we have relied on one credit vector, which is the traditional scoring model to understand the consumer's ability to pay. And here at FormFree, we, um, as an inaugural leader in the, the, the digital transformation space for the mortgage industry, we saw all of this rich consumer data that allowed us to understand the consumer's ability to pay in addition to the FICO score, which is a measurement of how you paid in, in the past. Um, so we, we developed some um, products that we thought would be helpful for consumers who may or may not have had the opportunity to develop those high credit scores, such as you know, people who rent, um, you know, their landlords are not reporting to the Bureau, so therefore they don't get the, the credit, if you will, um, in their FICO score.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that and the fact that uh, most landlords do not report um, the rental payments to the credit bureaus. What does that mean for the average consumer? I mean, you have years of payments maybe sometimes on, on time that are not being counted counted for you.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So, there are some corporate landlords that do report rent to the credit bureaus, which is great. It's the fastest way to show and document that you've got the, um, the willingness and have paid consistent rent payments throughout your rental history. And when mortgage lenders are looking to evaluate consumers' to see if they are mortgage ready. They want to see, have you made consistent rent payments? And they also want to see what is the jump between your rent payment and your mortgage payment. Um, So the fact that most landlords, um, small landlords do not report to the bureaus, doesn't give the consumer that opportunity to build that credit score. You know, we've all heard, um, you know, from when we get out of college, you got to build up your credit, you got to pay your bills on time. Well, if, if the, a segment of the, the American population doesn't have the opportunity to um, have their landlord or have their rent payment submitted, then they are um, being, their their credit invisible, if you will, with the rent payment. So you've been making these payments and you are ready to make uh, the jump to, to home ownership, but your credit score is not high enough because you haven't been given the benefit of the credit scoring agencies to see that you consistently made the payments. So right now, there are um, 45 million Americans without a credit score. There are a lot of um, communities who are prefer cash. Um, they don't have landlords or rents that that's reported to the Bureau. So we've got to figure out, as a, as a mortgage industry, how do we serve all of these people with low scores or no score, um, even though we know that they have been paying rent, and we can see that through their bank data, their bank account data. So we can calculate it, we can see it, we can understand what kind of disposable and discretionary income they have left over after they pay rent, which is a great alternative to looking at Do you have the affordability to make that, that, that house payment? And have you proven your credit worthiness by making those consistent payments?
0: Are there some options for renters, like maybe something that they could sign up for and have their rent, you know, reflected on their credit score if they choose to, if it's something that's not provided by their landlords, have you ever heard of anything like that? I believe that some
1: of the credit agencies have something um, where where the consumer can submit their rent payments, um, but then it has to be verified. Um, and I know there is a significant push by some of the agencies, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, to push landlords to report their rent payments to the bureaus. However, the challenge with that is it takes time and there's no incentive for the landlord to report. It doesn't benefit him. Right. So um, if it's a small landlord, you know, someone who owns one or two properties, it's probably not something that they're, they're going to spend time on. So form free um, as it, when we started the journey in um, 20, uh, 2010 when Dodd-frank came out one of the key components in the dodd-frank legislation was that um, that lenders should be looking at the consumers residual income meaning what income is left over after they pay all of their bills uh, every month their rent their car payment their utilities insurance etc um, and at that point we we were already well down the road of looking at the consumer's bank data as part of the um, automated asset report, so automated bank statements. So consumers no longer had to pull bank statements and submit for mortgages. And so our, our very own Dr. Michael Covington, who um, was head of AI and research at University of Georgia, our CEO and founder Brent Chandler went to him and said, hey, can you look at the, the bank data that we have been collecting over the past few years, and see if we can develop a, um, a tool that understands the consumer's residual income. Dr. Covington said, yes, I can build it. So using natural language processing and um, deterministic mathematic models, we were able to look at the bank data and identify every transaction in a consumer's bank account. So we can see that what your utility payments are, you know how when you get your your bank transaction data you're sometimes you're like I don't even know what that is because it it's it's just you know fragmented sentences or, or 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 abbreviations Dr. Covington built a model to recognize all of the bank language so it's actually a data dictionary and from that we could determine the consumer's Residual income. We understand. We can identify their rent payments that are coming out of their bank account. We can calculate this residual income, disposable income. We can provide lenders a view into the utilities. Um, all of those things of consistent payments that consumers have to make, you know, in their day-to-day lives. So our premise is, and, and we've done some testing with a, with a top five national lender on their book of business um, that used our our signature product account check, And we have determined that RICI, Residual Income Knowledge Index, is as powerful of a predictor of delinquency as traditional credit scoring models. So what that means is if you have a consumer with a a large amount of disposable income, then that consumer is as Ricky predicts the consumer's ability to pay or their per- propensity for risk, uh, as well as traditional credit scores. If you have a consumer who has low cash flow after they've paid all their bills, bills every month, that's probably not a consumer who is ready for home ownership.
0: Well Basically, you're looking at, through a person's bank statements to find their energy bills, their car payments, all of the other things that are taken into account. And then it will calculate for you, if I'm not mistaken, how much money is left over that residual income as the index name suggests.
1: You've got it. The other thing that we're able to do um, is calculate income. So right now we have a lot of Americans that are working um, in in the gig economy space. So we've got people that are doing Uber drivers. Doordash, um, people have you know side businesses and that income is flowing into the account and sometimes if income is not uh, consistent for two years lenders have a hard time using that income because you don't have w-2s to document the income so what what our what our what ricky does is it looks at all the transactions income and expenses calculates income, identifies it. Is it consistent monthly income or is it a one-off transfer? And then the lender can see as much data as we can get from the consumer's bank account. It's consumer permission. Then we can go back 24 months, in some case 36 months, and show a consistent income pattern as well as consistent expenses. And as a lender, what you're most interested in is can this consumer pay this loan back? Do they have the, the, the income and are they managing their expenses well enough to be able to, 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 to take this mortgage and be successful with that mortgage? So what Form free is is working with um, one, of our, one of our key partners, Guild Mortgage. We've been partnering with um, some of the agencies, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, the Federal Home Loan Bank System, as well as um, HUD, in showing that now that FinTechs have come out and they are looking at all of this data, there are other tools available to understand the consumer's risk. And as an industry, when we we are looking to increase housing access to minorities, this is a key component of the success to help drive home ownership for people who may have low scores, low credit scores, or no credit scores. If you can show their ability to pay some amount and through their, their bank data, which is immutable, it can't be changed, it can't be fudged, it is coming straight from the financial institution, then you've got a consumer that is, is home ready.
0: What has been the the response from um, some of these agencies and and, and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac when it comes to um, looking at these alternative ways of collecting data that's comparable or superior to FICO scores?
1: You know, I have to applaud um, Director Thompson at FHFA, Federal Housing uh, Finance Agency, who's the regulator for both Fannie and Freddie. Um, under her tenure, um, Director Thompson has helped the agencies expand their um, the utilization of alternative data. So looking at bank data to verify the consumer's rent payments, looking at the bank data to do cash flow analytics. So both Sandy and Freddie announced in 2020, late 2022, I believe, um, the utilization of bank data to, to identify rent payments, which has helped some first-time home buyers who did not have, um, whose landlords weren't reporting to the Bureau. So that, that's a very much a positive. And then in the past six months, both Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have also instituted cash flow analytics as part of the automated underwriting system. So they're receiving the bank data, and then they're doing their own um, cash flow analytics inside the automating underwriting system. So what we're seeing is I think a transition in the industry where we're recognizing that alternative data, um, consumer data is powerful to help um, to help the lenders see the risk associated with the consumer, that there's more than one vector of risk um, that you can look at to understand if the consumer has the ability and the willingness to repay.